Welcome to the Valley Church. Our mission is to see changed lives, and we hope this relevant teaching inspires you to take the next step in your journey. Thanks for checking out the podcast and enjoy the message. Well, good morning. I'm Andy Mon, I'm one of the pastors here at the Valley Church. Just want to welcome you to the service today. And, uh, you know, so excited about this series. It's called My Life Verse. And uh, it's all about uh, four communicators really just sharing their live verse, what God has spoken to them, maybe in a special way. And maybe you have one of those verses that just seems highlighted by, by God in your Bible, just underlined. It, it, it's kind of in bold to you. And uh, I tell you, if you, if you read God's Word for any length of time, if you read the Bible for any length of time, it does seem like there's some verses, sometimes it's more than one, but sometimes there's this verse that just kind of stands out. And God uses it in a special way in your life. Maybe it's a, a place He wants you to go, something He wants you to do, something He wants you to become. And it highlights that for you you. It describes your life. It kind of guides you in, in the way that you ought to go, and, and it has special meaning, significance. Maybe it's a promise. And uh, so today, I'm going to be sharing my life verse, and I have one. I have a verse that stands up above all the others. Now, I grew up in church. I always thought church was a, a place where you went to feel better. Um, it was kind of a tonic, uh, a salve uh, for, for, uh, for your wounds. It, it, was a, it was a place to go to get your guilt removed. And, uh, and so I, I really didn't see it as a, a place to, to meet God so much as to, a place to, to be renewed uh, and, and to feel better about myself. When I was in high school, uh, I, I'd go to church. I'd saw this model uh, uh, in a lot of people. Uh, I'd go to church on Saturday night and, uh, and, and I'd, I'd get right with God, right? And I'd get this tide clean feeling, so to speak. And then we'd go out uh, to, uh, to wherever, to parties or wherever Saturday night. And, uh, and that was my life. It was, uh, it was, it was get clean with God, then uh, ask forgiveness and, and then repeat, start all over again. It wasn't until later in my life I began to realize that there was a very high cost to that kind of living, to that kind of spiritual movement in your life. And so I, I moved on to college. I went to a college for two years out of state. And, and while I was there, I just really felt lost, uh, kind of felt unmoored. I was still going to church, but I didn't feel connected to God. And I really didn't feel like I had a stable platform, a foundation for my life. And, and so I was kind of wondering, uh, if, I, if I'm honest, and I was trying to figure out my purpose. And uh, it, was just a, it was just kind of one of those, uh, a couple of those years that, that just felt lost in some sense. I, I got my degree and that went well, but, but uh, in, in that time, spiritually for me, I just felt disconnected from God. And, and I knew that there was more. I knew God wanted a relationship with me and, and I wanted a relationship with him. But I, I know in those days, you know what I really focused on? I, I focused on the idea that there would be something I'd have to give up if I followed God, that, that, that he would want something from me that I might not want to give. Well, I moved back uh, after those two years of school and, and uh, came back uh, here to Ohio. And it was about a year or so later, I met Paula and we began to date. And I remember as we were dating after a while, I began to go to church with her and, uh, and her, she had a small church and, and uh, I remember going to the services and because it was small, sometimes they would have people just stand up and share what God was doing in their life. That was just a whole new experience to me. I'd never seen that before. And, and I have to tell you, I was hungry for what I saw. 
You see, people would stand up, but it was, it, it, there, there were people just sharing what God had, had, had done in their life right then and there. Like it was real and it was immediate. It was, it was now, it was in the here and now. It wasn't, it wasn't that God was just out there somewhere, but, but he was actually actively working in their life and, and they were experiencing him. And I was so hungry for that. Paul and I uh, got married. We moved here to, to Piqua and uh, we started going, going to a church here in town and, and we started taking small steps at first toward God and then bigger steps. I remember beginning to teach uh, a kindergarten class, Paul and I, and uh, just how much fun that was. I think it was learning more than the kindergartners were that, that, as I studied those lessons and, and tried to understand what God was wanting me to tell these kindergartners. And I remember leading the teen group and, and being part of doing uh, devotions and teaching and, and just guiding, doing Bible studies with the teens. And, and, and I remember beginning to tithe and learning how to read my Bible, just all these things and becoming part of a, of, of a, of a class, a Bible study class at that point, because I, I, in, in all this, we were taking steps toward God. And, and I, I remember thinking at one point in, in, in this journey, again, I thought it actually at several points, but I, I, I thought, you know what? God wants more of me. There, there's more to this relationship. And, and you know what? What's, what was fascinating is the closer I got to God, the more I realized what I was holding back from him. Have you discovered that? As you begin to move toward God, you begin to get this appetite, realizing that there's more of God. And yet you begin to realize that there's something holding you back. I think that's what was happening with the church in Rome. Paul had, had a special place in his, in his heart for, for the church in Rome. I think he had a special place in his heart for all churches, really. He was a church planner. He loved those people. And, and, and he wanted the best for him. And and so he's writing to the church in Rome, and, 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 and what he said to them is really what God was saying to me and what he did in my life. And, and so I love for you to find it. Romans chapter 12, verse 1. If you could find that on your app, find it in your Bible. I, I, I just want to encourage you. Would, you. would you grab a pen? This verse is too rich uh, for you not to mark it up, highlight it, underline it, do something with it. I hope you'll experience it is, is what I really hope today. Okay, so... so now, now, here's the deal. You know what the, the, my struggle was with this verse? This, it's not just about this verse, but this, I want to tell you, I had a struggle with what, where God wanted to take me, with the, with the spiritual step that he had for me. And you know what it was? It, it was simply this. I was more focused on what I thought God wanted from me than what I thought he had for me. You see, I was more focused on what I thought God wanted from me than what he had for me. I, I, want you to, I want you to look at your own life right now. Is that, is that the case for you? Is that, is that where your heart is at? I, I believe all of us come to that point where we have to struggle with just that thing. You know, if you look at Romans 12.1 from, from, from the perspective of what God wants from you, you'll run from it. Let me just assure you, that's what's going to happen. That's what happened in my life. But if you look at Romans 12, 1 through the lens of what God wants for you, it will change everything and you'll run toward that verse. So, so God begins to show me what he wants for me. And, and I have to be honest, I don't know if Romans 12, 1, if he led me to, to Romans 12, 1, and then I, I made that, uh, I began to allow that to, to live in my life or, or whether I began to let it live in my life and, and, and then God showed me that verse so I could solidify it and understand what had really happened and, and, and then I could renew that commitment each day. You know, in all honesty, I don't know. I do know that in one of my Bibles, not my current one because I, it, it was in tatters, I, but, I, but I wrote the date that I made 
Uh, I made Romans 12.1 mine. If you make it yours, would you write your date in there? Would you, would you just, rem- this is the beginning of a journey. It's not the end. It's not like in stone because every day you have to renew that commitment. But I want you to take a look at this verse. It is, uh, I'll just tell you, for me, the most powerful verse in, in all of Scripture, I think. So let's look at it. Paul says this uh, to the church in Rome. He says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, he starts it out, therefore. Whenever there's a therefore in the Bible, and by the way, there are four therefores in Romans, in the book of Romans. We're in the 12th chapter, right? There are, there, there, there are four therefores, and therefore always points to what comes before. And what comes before? Paul is telling the church in Rome about what God has done in their life. How, how much mercy he's shown them. This extravagant mercy. What he hasn't done in their life that they earned um, because of their sin. And he's talking about this extravagant and amazing gift of grace that, that God has bestowed on them, a favor that they don't deserve, and, and, and punishment, and, and, and all the things that they've earned, the wages of sin, which is death, all that that, that God has taken from them. And, and he's, he's focused on this amazing, unbelievable grace, how God has renewed them, how he's remade them, how how he's drawn them into the family of God and he's adopted them as children. He, he's talking about all these things and how amazing God is. He says, therefore, in, in view of God's mercy, in view of what God has done, he says, brothers and sisters, He's talking, by the way, to, to the church. He, he's talking to, to believers, people who have said yes to Jesus Christ. He's made uh, people who have made him the leader of their life, who have said yes to Jesus, what he's done on the cross. You see, Jesus died for you and me in our place because we couldn't save ourselves from our own sin. And so, we, so, so brothers and sisters are, are adopted children of God. And we become adopted when, we're, when, when we say yes to Jesus and we say yes to his forgiveness and, and we say yes to his grace and mercy in our lives. And, and so that's the kind of people that Paul's talking to here because this verse it's impossible for those who haven't said yes to Jesus. It, it really is. And you'll, you'll see that in a minute. You see, you have to be clean to be, become a sacrifice. You see, sacrifices in the Old Testament had to be unblemished. They had to be perfect. Well, you and I, before coming in, to know Jesus Christ, cannot, cannot be cleaned on our own. But Jesus Christ, because of what he did on the cross, the perfect sacrifice makes you and I clean and so he says, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, th- this is possible for you. And, and in view of God's mercy, this is what I want for you. He, he says, I want you to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and, and pleasing to God. He says, this is your true and proper worship. He urges the, the church in Rome to offer their bodies as a, as a living sacrifice. You know, Abraham and, and Isaac, his son, were, were great examples of living sacrifices. A- Abraham was, was, the, 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 was given a covenant uh, and received a covenant from God uh, to, 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 be, uh, to be a blessing to the whole world. And that God was going to pour his blessing through Abraham and through his line. And Isaac, his son, is part of that line. And uh, one day, um, as he's as he's with his family and with his son, God calls Abraham to, 
to take Isaac into the desert and, and to lead him to a, a mountain. And when he go to that mountain, God commands Abraham to sacrifice his son Isaac on an altar. And Abraham, he, he can't comprehend that. He can't understand that. But he trusts God. And so he binds Isaac up. And Isaac willingly submits to his father. And, and they put him on the altar. And just as as Abraham is about to slay his son Isaac, trusting that somehow God is going to make all this okay and it's going to work out even though he can't even comprehend how this, this can work. An angel is sent by God to stop Abraham from killing Isaac. You see, it was never God's intent that Abraham would slay Isaac. No, it was God's intent to test Abraham to see if God would love Isaac more than he would love God himself. If he would value his precious son and the promises that God had given him more than he himself. I think as I look at this passage, I think that's a question for all of us. You know, I came to realize in my life, and maybe you'll come to realize in yours, that, that this is not possible unless you come to the place where you value God more than anything else in life. It, 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 there's always going to be something in people's lives that will keep them from committing themselves completely to God, from offering themselves completely to God. For many, it's money. That's why I believe God uses uh, tithing and, and this idea of putting God first in your finances. That's why I believe it's there. It, it's, it's to get rid of that obstacle in your life. For some people, it's relationships. They want to be in relationships with people that they know aren't God's plan. They, they want a career or they want to do things in their, in their, in, that, that seem good to them, but, they, but it goes against God's plan. And yet there's, there are obstacles in the way of, of doing what God wants us to do. And, and, and God tested Abraham, and I believe he tests us. He allows us to have good things, and they're not necessarily bad things. Some are sins, some are not. But, but he Test us to see, will we make anything more important than him? But what does it mean to be a living sacrifice? What does it mean to offer your body as a living sacrifice? Isn't that an oxymoron? <laughs> that uh, that you, you could be living in one sense and a sacrifice in the other. Well, I want you to know that being a living sacrifice is about being both dead and alive. In Old Testament times, uh, God would ask the Israelites to, to sacrifice an animal. Um, they, they, they would do an animal sacrifice uh, for, to atone for their sin, to, 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 to cover the, the price of their sin. And so they would take this unblemished animal, this perfect animal, and they would, they would find the best one that they had, and they would slay that, and that would be an atonement for their sins. And there had to be there had to be blood shed for, for sins to be forgiven. And so that animal had to be killed. And, and, and in another sense, the animal had to be killed so that it couldn't be taken back again, so that it would be a sacrifice that was complete. You see, sacrifices in, in the Old Testament didn't live. They were dead. But you and I, God wants us to be living sacrifices. You see, He wants us to be dead in the sense that we die to our own agenda that we die to our own plans, that we die to the things that we want to do, that, that, that we live for Him and Him alone. And when we do that, God can use us in His kingdom. 
He can use us in our families. He can use us in the church. He can use us to, 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 to be his ambassadors all over the world when we'll make that call. And it looks like this. One of my favorite passages right after Romans 12.1 is, is Galatians 2.20. This is Paul. And, and he struggled. You'll read Romans 7 and 8. You'll, you'll, you'll see this intense struggle that Paul goes through. And, and I believe it's the struggle about making something more important than God. I believe it's the struggle to come to that moment where he gives God complete control. He offers his body as a lean sacrifice. He's going through that. And, and he writes to the Galatian church about that experience. And he says this when he finally comes to the other end of that. He says, I have been crucified with Christ. He doesn't mean he was hung on a cross with Jesus Christ. He means that just as Jesus died for us, that we have crucified our plans our agenda, the way we want things to go, our will for God. And he says, I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. I, I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live now in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. You see, to be a living sacrifice means you have to crucify yourself. You have to come to the place where you decide to put God in control of your life and, and no longer will you have the keys to your own life. It means putting your will to death. Now, that's a big decision. That's not something you just decide on the spur of the moment because this is a commitment that God asks us to take. And yet Jesus submitted to death, the crucifixion on a cross, and we're to follow his lead and, and to follow him to that crucifixion. And, and that's what being a living sacrifice is really all about. It's a matter of deciding who and what we will live for. Do we live for ourselves or do we live for Jesus Christ? That's the question that we have. That's what it means to be a living sacrifice. Now, it says to offer our bodies as a living sacrifice. It's not just talking about, when it talks about the body, it's not just talking about our flesh and blood, what we can see right here, but it's talking about the very essence of who we are. It's our body in, in, in the scriptures are tied to our hearts and our minds. It's tied to our will, the, 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 the very essence of, of our decision-making ability. And you see, when we become a living sacrifice, when we offer our bodies, we're to offer our mind, our will, our emotions, all that we are. You know, sometimes I like to think of, uh, and God's given me this, this, this sort of this image in my mind of a, of a house and my life is really just a, a big house with lots of rooms. And, and God has asked me to give every one of those rooms to him. You know, so often we'll leave one room out, we'll leave one part out. But God has said, if you're going to be offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, it means everything. Being a living sacrifice also is how we truly worship God. You know, some, sometimes we think worship is, is singing some songs, and it is. Uh, we see worship as, as, uh, as, as reading Scripture or, or coming together and praying, and it's all those things. Worship encompasses all of our acts where we exalt God, so it encompasses all that. But I want you to know that it's very clear that when we offer our bodies as a living sacrifice, that's the greatest act of worship we can give. In fact, in fact Paul says it's our true and proper worship. You see, if we're just singing songs and if we're just uh, reading scripture, if we're trying to do spiritual things, give or whatever it is, but we have not yet given him the very thing that he wants the most, that's 
our lives and the direction of our lives and, and our agenda. If we haven't done that, we have not given him true and proper worship. You see, he says we're to offer our bodies as a living sacrifice, and he says it's to be holy and pleasing to God. Holy just simply means set apart. We're to be set apart from the world to God. Set apart means that we are, we are now a, a, a holy tool. Some of us were just tools before God, right? Uh, like like, like we, we didn't have it all together, and we, we, we sinned. We were abrasive to people, whatever it might have been. We were doing our own things. We didn't care about who we hurt. But now we're spiritual tools at his hands. You see, God wants to use you in an amazing way. And how does he do that? He, he asks you to offer your body as a living sacrifice, to, to give him complete control of your life so now he can use you in the exact way that he wants to. And he's going to use you in ways you never would have planned yourself. You never would have gone the way that he wants you to go. You wouldn't do the things that he wants you to do. That's why it's so important for him that you would give yourself completely to him and to die to yourself you see, real worship is dying to ourselves and letting Jesus live in and through us. God isn't just looking for people who worship him on Sunday through a few songs. As important as it is that we come back together, and that's why we're, uh, we're going to be joining back together next Sunday on campus, <coughs> excuse me, <clears throat> um, because God has called us to continue meeting together. We can do that just as we've done these last eight weeks. That, that, that has been gathering together. We can also gather together this way. And all that is part of worship. But he, but he doesn't want us just to worship one day a week. You see, he wants us seven days a week. He wants us to offer our whole selves to him for our whole life, not to hold any part back. You know what the, the amazing thing about all that is? The very thing I feared was, was that God was, was going to want things from me. And you know what I discovered? When I made that decision to put him in complete control of my life, I began to see that the things that he had for me, peace and joy and purpose and, 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 and an amazing relationship with him, a, a desire to follow him and a willpower. We're going to talk about this in a few minutes, a willpower to say yes to him and no to sin. It was an amazing thing. And you see, God wants something for you if you'll take that step. Well, being a living sacrifice is really an act of our will. We talked about that before, but our will is, is who we are. It's, 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 our, it's our spiritual decision-making ability. It's, it's our ability to set our own agenda. God gives us a free will. In His sovereignty, He's chosen to allow us to make decisions, hasn't He? And, and you and I can make any decisions we want, but that doesn't mean they're all good. Uh, here's what Paul tells the Romans in chapter 6. He says, you have an option. You can either choose God, you can either choose me or you can choose sin and self. And by the way, sin and self are always tied together. It says, he says, do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and offer every part of yourself to him as an instrument of righteousness. You see, you have two choices. You can either choose God or you can choose self and sin. Sin is always tied to self. And anytime you choose self, guess what? It will always lead to sin. God doesn't want you to change your personality, by the way. Sometimes when people think, well, if I'm off or my body is a living sacrifice, if I'm going to worship him that way, if, I, if I'm going to crucify myself and die, that means, do, do I lose my personality? Do I? No, God wants you to be who you are. You see, giving up your will isn't giving up who we are. It's choosing to give God full control of who we are. That's all the difference. 
and to aim our lives for His purposes and His plans. You see, God wants to use you in your personality, but He wants control of your personality so that He can use it for His good, for His kingdom. And the greatest act of worship you and I can give is to give Him complete control of our lives. And you know what I've learned is that when we give God complete control, when, when we give Him our wills, then it becomes His responsibility to empower us to follow that. You see, there's this thing called willpower. And anybody who's ever tried a diet knows what willpower is all about and what it, what it isn't all about. Like you and I, sometimes we have willpower and sometimes we don't. Most of the times in, our, in the spiritual life, we do not have the ability to say yes to God and no to sin. We lack that ability. But when we give God complete control, when we offer Him our body as a living sacrifice, when we just say, here it is, God, I want what you want. When we do that, he promises to give us his, the gift of his Holy Spirit the, who, who lives in us and who guides us and, and gives us the ability to do everything he's ever asked us to do. And, and I don't know about you, but when I was lost in those years, part of the reason I was lost was that I wasn't, I wasn't, uh, I wasn't living where God wanted me to live. And I didn't have the ability to say no to some of the things in my life that I needed to say no to in order to be righteous, in order to live that right relationship with Him and to feel good about myself. And some of you are in that same place. You, 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 you don't have the willpower. Well, I want you to know that when you give God full control, when you give Him your will it's an act of the will when you give him that he will give you the willpower you need through the holy spirit well here's what that looked like in my life i remember coming face to the face to face with the realization that that really wasn't a living sacrifice that that i was holding back because i was afraid of what god wanted from me i I was scared uh, to give him complete control of my life maybe some of you are here today and, and you're struggling with that very thing and, and, and you know what it really comes down to? I, I boiled this down in my own life. Maybe this will be true in yours. It was, it was that I really didn't trust God. It, it, it came down to the fact that I really didn't trust God. Because I, I was always worried about what he wanted from me, never realizing what he wanted for me. But the reality is I thought he wanted things from me more than he wanted for me. And, and so I didn't really trust that God had my best interests at heart. And I wonder if that's the thing that has limited you. And so what happened, instead of God, giving God control, I just, I kept control of my own life and I didn't have the willpower to say yes to the right things and no to the wrong things. And, and so I kept crashing my life on the rocks. Anybody else do that? You, you go good for a while and then boom. And, and, and so finally, God brought me to a place. Usually it's at a low moment, right? And, and, and he brought me to a place, a point of decision, where, where he really did in that still small voice and in just very clear way said, Andy, will you give me all of yourself? Will you give me all of yourself? And, and I struggled with that. And yet I was in a place where I knew there was no other way. I knew there was no other way that, that I was going to quit this whole thing called following Jesus Christ because I couldn't be a Jesus follower with what I was doing. And, and I just needed God in my life. And, 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 and he was already in my life. He had forgiven me. And yet, yet I knew that I wasn't at the place he wanted me to be. And maybe some of you are there. And it's this idea of having victory even as you're following Jesus. We sang about that today. But I'll just tell you, we want victory as we follow Jesus. And so I said, God, I'll, I, I came to that moment. I said, I remember I sit in my car. And uh, I said, God, I'm going to, uh, if you'll just take away 
uh, all these things from my life, if, if you'll put into my life what you want me to have, God, I'll, I'll just give you complete control. I, I want to give it all to you. I want to do things your way. And, and I've kind of listed through some of the things that I wanted to give him and, and some of the things that, that I wanted him to change. And, and, uh, and remember, that was the beginning of this journey. I really believe that was the beginning for me of, of beginning to live out Romans 12.1, of beginning to understand what that meant. But I came to a, a, another point in my, in my journey, and, and maybe you'll get there, where, where I, was, I was there and, uh, and God said, you know, you, you, you gave me all of your life, but there's something missing. And, uh, and, and Andy, here's my question for you. Will you give me everything? Will you give me everything even though you don't know what's coming up? Will you give me a blank check for your life and sign it? And will you let me fill in the details? It, 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 I, remember, I remember where I was at when God asked me that. And I thought, this is different. God, before I, 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 gave, I, I, I gave my body to you as a living sacrifice, and I really thought it was about sin and, 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 and about being able to have the power to say yes to you and no to sin. But I didn't think it was about like the direction for my whole life and choosing careers and what all those kind of things. I, di- I didn't know it was going to be about all that. And I remember, I remember God's still small voice saying, Andy, I want to know if you'll trust me. Will you give me a blank check? And I remember it was probably the most defining moment of my life. And in that moment, I made the decision to trust God and to give him a blank check. And I've been living a blank check life ever since. I want you to know that the only, um, the only regrets I have in my life are the moments that I didn't live a blank check life. And I want you to know that you can give him complete control of your life and do you realize that you can take yourself back off the altar? You, you, you can renege on the promise of giving him control and you can grab one of those areas back. You have that free will to choose to take one of those areas back. The only time I've ever regretted giving God, I, I've never regretted giving God a blank check, but I have, I have regretted the times where I haven't kept the commitment to put him in full control of my life. And, and I believe that has led to the greatest joys in my life. You know, I didn't understand where he would take me. I didn't know what it meant. But I knew that I had a God who loved me, that he was going to fill in the details, and he had my best interests at heart. You know, you know, there's such a joy in that. There's such a joy in that. And there's such a peace in knowing that God has the power to accomplish his purpose in my life. And, and then I discovered something else. I discovered something else. I discovered Romans chapter 12, verse 2. You see, when, when you offer him your body as a living sacrifice, then something great happens, and you'll see it in Romans 12 too. He says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That all happens in that process. It says, then, and only then, will you be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. What I came to discover in life is that I really wanted to know God's will. I, I really wanted to know what was best in life, but I always struggled with that. And I came to the realization, I've come to the understanding now, and I hope you will today, that, that if you want to know God's will, if you want to know what your, 
your future looks like, what school you ought to go to, who, the person you ought to marry, uh, the, the career that God has for you, the, the, the decisions that you should make with your finances and with your time and with your energy, I want you to know that, that that's held back until you come to that moment where you become a living sacrifice. You see, God reveals His will to those who completely give themselves to Him. See, it's God's plan that you will trust Him completely. And when you come to that place, then He will begin to reveal His will in your life. And a lot of people, they've held back because they're afraid what God wants, what God wants from them. And so they miss all that God has for them. You know, I'm kind of glad I didn't know what God was going to fill in on the details. I remember He called us to... To, to go to Bible college, and, and I had a, a, a wife and three children left, you know, here, no job, and, uh, and like that wasn't in the details. If I'd understood that, I'm not sure how I'd have felt about all that. Um, I remember going through times where I felt inadequate, times where I, I felt like my, my identity was, was shattered, and, uh, and, and, and that, I didn't know it was on the list. I didn't know that he was going to call me to be a pastor. And, and while it's a great joy, it also can be a tremendous spiritual challenge and a tremendous, a tremendous leadership challenge. And, and, and I didn't know those things were going to happen. But God said, trust me. God said, trust me. Be a living sacrifice and I'll take you on a journey you won't experience any other way. I'll help you understand my will. And and there will be a peace and a joy because my Holy Spirit will fill you and empower you and guide you. You know, the thing I'll share with you today is I I wouldn't trade any of those moments that God has given me as I've followed Him, as, as as I've followed Him as a living sacrifice, dying to my own desires and living for Him. It's been the greatest joy of my life. You know, God is calling every one of us to be a living sacrifice. He's calling every one of us to give him a blank check, to, to sign it on the bottom, and to let him fill in the details. The question is, will you give him a blank check today? I don't know if you have a piece of paper laying around, but I'd love for you to grab a piece of paper right now, just a blank piece of paper, wherever you're at, home. Maybe it's the notepad on your computer. I, it doesn't matter. Maybe it's in, just in the notations of your Bible. But, and I don't want this to be a, a decision you make in, in the spur of a moment. I, I don't, if God is leading you and, and it's an honest decision and you're ready, then take this step and sign that piece of paper and say, God, I'm giving you a blank check. But if you're not there yet, don't do it. Because I just want you to know that, that this is the hugest step you ever take. So don't be flippant about it. But I want you to know that's what God wants for you. And the greatest joy will come in your life when you aren't in control. When, when you, you don't exert your own will, but you let Him flow through you and use you in ways that you would have never designed on your own. You, you become a holy tool in His hand. Will you become a blank check? Uh, we're going to celebrate communion right now.
communion uh, here in, in the Valley Church and really in the church universal is a, a time where we come together and we just celebrate who Jesus is. We celebrate what Jesus has done on the cross, how he's paid the price for our sins, how, how he's poured his blood over us and, and forgiven us. He's poured his blood out for us. He, he allowed his body to be broken. And we remember that. We remember that he's given us the gift of the Holy Spirit to now live in us as he's gone to be with the Father. And we remember that the Father holds all things together in his hands and we celebrate the, 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 this, this, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. We, we remember what Jesus has done on the cross. But I want you to know it's also a great time to, to, to take a step forward. It's a great time to respond to his gift of grace because how does the verse start? Romans 12, 1, Therefore I urge you, brothers, in, in view of God's mercy, in, in view of all He's done, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. And so as we celebrate communion together, I, I want to challenge you to, to, to offer that, to die to self and to live for Jesus. Thanks for joining us today. To stay up to date with our weekly messages, make sure to subscribe and follow us on social media. You can check us out on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, or download our app to stay connected with all things The Valley. And if today's message impacted you, share it with a friend, because changed lives change lives.